What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Matt Garcia is a TikTok star. He's got over 4 million followers, and he's got a number of other accounts that he's built and scaled with millions of followers as well. In this conversation, we talk about TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, content creation, the business behind creators, and what and how he would go build brand new accounts today. I really enjoyed this conversation with Matt. Hope you guys enjoy it as well. Let's get into this episode and let us know what you think at the end. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys. Bang, bang. I've got Matt here. Uh, I'm in my mid-30s, and one of the most popular questions I get over and over and over again is people saying, what is TikTok? Uh, When I think of TikTok, I think of the geopolitical concerns. I think of uh, a bunch of people in tech being like, we should support it, we should ban it, we should whatever. But one thing you can't deny is that it is this massive platform that young people are definitely using. Uh, You have multiple accounts that are very popular on TikTok. Like, why is TikTok working and like help people understand like what exactly is going on on TikTok for those that aren't there? Yeah. Um, first off, thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, it's an honor. I feel like you're, you're kind of like a North star for a lot of like business creators. So I'm like, I'm honored to be here. Um, but yeah, I think as far as TikTok goes, the main reason that it, I, th- I think it works is that like the attention span is getting shorter and shorter. Right. Um, And so TikTok gives you sort of, I guess both as the creator and as a consumer, it gives you this like instant gratification where it's like, if you don't want to see something, uh, if you're watching the video, uh, if you're uninterested, you can just keep scrolling Mm -hmm. and uh, you'll find a video that you like very quickly because their algorithm is so good. Um, So I think like in short, the reason that it works so well is that it's just, it's easy. So- we saw 2020, I think maybe was like a big year uh, from an explosion of TikTok. Obviously, a bunch of people uh, uh, got these huge audiences. They became like culturally relevant and, and they've kind of spanned from there. Uh, I've seen a lot of people build their audience first on TikTok and then try to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Should we read into that as to like, this is a good place to build an initial audience, but like there's not a lot of money to be made? Or like, why are people maybe building the audiences initially there and then trying to get onto these other platforms? Well, I think... Uh, I guess like a similar thing happened to me where um, I'd always had friends who were, you know, making money on YouTube uh, and TikTok came around and it just seemed like a really easy thing to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started making TikTok videos and it was super easy. And then I think everyone kind of goes through this thing where they're like, okay, well, what am I going to do next? Right. Um, And I think like the obvious next step is YouTube just because it's like more complicated. You want to like grow as a creator. And I guess like, like an artist of like making videos. Um, still video content, still mm-hmm. similar in terms of the types of content you could create with shorts versus uh, TikTok or whatever. Right. Um, the problem is that I've seen it translate well very rarely. Interesting. Yeah. Why is that? Um, well, I just think like, I just think that long form YouTube videos and TikTok videos are very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, TikTok is more like a lot of attention grabbing, um, as where YouTube, I believe is like a little more, you know, uh, relatable, authentic. Uh, and so at at the same time, 
if you have a lot of Instagram followers and you built that organically, I guess nowadays, like not through reels, um, those followers genuinely are like, or generally are like really there for you. And so if you post about your YouTube channel, a lot of them will probably convert, but on TikTok, it's not that way. So when you think about TikTok, one of the things I've heard uh, maybe read from Night Media talk about is like, if he had to choose where he'd want people to have an audience, it'd be YouTube, long form YouTube, because they know who you are, they get emotionally attached, all this stuff. Do you think that TikTok doesn't have that? Or like, what is the relationship you have, you know, almost 4 million followers on TikTok? Like, what is your relationship and the content you create with the audience? If you tweeted out or posted somewhere that you were going to be somewhere, would people show up? Would they not show up? Like, how does this work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot less of that with TikTokers, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot less, if I had 4 million on YouTube, my experience would be totally different. Um, and so I think that has a lot to do with the fact that people are spending less time with you. Um, you know, if somebody, if somebody is on YouTube and they're posting two long form videos a week, let's say they're 10, 15 minutes, those people are spending 20 to 30 minutes a week with you. Um, and at the same time, like YouTubers, the entire video generally are like not just spending that entire time trying to keep the retention rate up. They're not being like overly, you know, uh, energetic, uh, and so I think with YouTube, it kind of feels like your friends a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, as where with TikTok, it's like just these little like tidbits of information. People might think it's interesting, so maybe they'll follow you. Um, but with YouTube, it's yeah, I think it's just a totally different ballgame. Everyone wants to know, how do you make money on TikTok? You are unique in that uh, you have a personal account that's pretty big. You've mm -hmm. created other accounts that are big. Uh, you run accounts for other companies. Uh, and there's like advertising. Talk a little bit maybe about your account to start. Uh, how did you grow it? And then how do you actually end up monetizing? Yeah. Um, so I started my, my TikTok account just with the goal of like making videos about things that I cared about, which generally was business or content, uh, creator related, like creator economy stuff. Um, and so after a little bit, I kind of realized what worked well, which was like, you know, making sure you're hooking people, making sure that at the end of the video, they're satisfied with what they watched, um, et cetera. And we can get into, you know, more of the, more of those things after. But explain that. So mm -hmm. there's like a formula for a video that yeah. you make yeah, I think uh, I think it depends on the person, right? Like, okay. I think no matter who you are, it needs to be interesting in the beginning. Um, and so with me, it's like I'll generally say something that sounds a little bit ridiculous in the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, so that someone will be like, what "The hell is this guy talking about?" Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and so then they'll continue to watch the video and hopefully understand what I was saying in the beginning eventually. Um, so that's, that's kind of the goal there. But I think with different people, like the format can be different. Mm -hmm. um, like there, there are people who have these like really great personalities naturally, like on and off camera. And I think that some of those people can literally just like, you know, put their phone up, press record and say what they're thinking about. And for some reason, 5 million people like want to hear about it, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. There's like a ton of different ways to do it. So you catch their attention in the beginning. You mentioned that they're satisfied at the end. How do you measure that? Or, or how do you think about making sure that happens? Well, I think it's just making sure that like in the beginning, you have to like kind of ride this line between like, 
whether or not you're just like saying something that's like complete BS, uh, or like, like I think for what I do, for example, like I'll say something like, you know, Andrew Tate is lying to everybody. Right. Um, which I think a lot of people would disagree with, uh, in some, in some areas, maybe I would disagree with that. Uh, so like you say something like general that makes people want to stay. And then at the end, I think people would be like, okay, I get what he's saying. You know, uh, as where if I were to say something totally ridiculous and then not be able to back it up at all, I think people would just be pissed off. So it's almost like make a outlandish statement, a big statement, whatever terminology you mm-hmm. want to use. You, you make some statement in the beginning, you grab people's attention, and then you use the rest of the video to basically explain what you what you mean by that. And if you do a good job of catching their attention and then they stay to get the explanation, they're satisfied at the end. Right. So like with uh, – I made a video, for example, when like Mr. Beast launched Beast Burger. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning of that video, I could have just been like, hey, guys, you know, Mr. Beast launched Beast Burger. Here's why it's cool or here's why it's important. Uh, but the beginning of that video was like Mr. Beast is going to be the first content creator billionaire ever mm-hmm. and here's why, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's super short. They don't know like exactly what I'm talking about. So it like sparks a little bit of like curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the end of their, by the end of the video, they're hopefully like, oh, okay, I get it. And on TikTok, uh, do they need to do anything to help it go viral? Or is it just if they just stay and watch? Like YouTube, if they just stay and watch, uh, YouTube's like, cool, completion times is really important. We're going to send this viral. A podcast has no virality to it in the audio format. And so somebody has to literally share it or word of mouth. And, and that's really the only way mm-hmm. that it gets popular. What is TikTok? Yeah, um, I think it's pretty similar to something like YouTube or, you know, Instagram, where I, I think everything is is weighed pretty, pretty well. Like if a video has a ton of shares, comments, likes, uh, and I think TikTok pays a lot of attention to like exactly what people are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think like if a lot of people are going to your page and watching your other videos and following you from like one specific video, then they'll push that video more. Mm -hmm. And how much of this is just TikTok's algorithm is better than YouTube's Or Um, or is that not even true? I don't know that it's true. I think they're just really different. Uh, I think TikTok can like, or I, I guess, I guess maybe it is like better in a way. Cause I think TikTok can target people like even more, you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you go to YouTube, you know, assuming you have a YouTube account and you go to the, the homepage, uh, there's probably a video or two that you're interested in there. But I think with TikTok, if you've been scrolling on, on the TikTok for you page for like a month, mm-hmm. uh, at some point, like, you know, eight out of 10 videos that they show you, you're interested in, Mm -hmm. which is probably a little scary to think about. Yeah. Well, and and I guess also, um, as they get better and better, uh, and they get more data, the big question I have is YouTube has been doing this now for, you know, forever. How much harder is it for YouTube just given the amount of content they have to, you know, kind of pick through to show you versus a TikTok, which still has a ton of videos, most popular website, all this, you know, all the things we know. Uh, but I'd love to see what are the total number of videos on YouTube versus the total number of videos uploaded to TikTok. My guess is YouTube is still like much, much more from a video standpoint. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. And so YouTube has a problem, uh, which is a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. You got to find through billions of videos, which is the one to show Matt that so that he watches it versus, you know, the next one. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also YouTube videos have a longer lifespan, which I think makes that 
problem even more relevant to them. Explain that. So on TikTok, if a video like explodes, usually like nine times out of 10, of course there's outliers. I'll, I'll notice that it dies, uh, you know, after five or seven days, even if it's like huge, right? Like, uh, I think my biggest video got like almost 25 million views. And so that video was only really growing for like, it's probably closer to seven days, mm-hmm. but that was it. Is where if a video on YouTube gets 25 million views, it's probably been up for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think with TikTok, that problem is a little bit easier for them too, because th- like they're really feeding you like new-ish things, at least in comparison to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a really good point. I've never thought of that. So when you think of your personal account, what are the different ways that you monetize there? Is it all advertising based or do you have other, other things you do? Yeah. Um, so with my personal account forever, it's just simply been ads, mm-hmm. um, which is scary in comparison to YouTubers. Cause most YouTubers assuming, you know, you're not like, uh, really inappropriate or using a ton of copyrighted stuff. You're monetized. You're usually making enough money uh, if you're doing it full time, like you're, you're usually making pretty consistent money month over month. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me in the beginning, it was scary, right? Because one month you could make tens of thousands of dollars and for three months you could make nothing zero, zero. close <laughs> to it. Right. Uh, especially cause like the TikTok creator fund pays essentially nothing. Like the most amount of money that I've ever made from the TikTok creator fund, uh, I think I had gotten around 50 or 60 million views in that month. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say I made around like 1500 bucks. Wow. Uh, so if you're getting that amount of views, like on YouTube, your email you would, is flooded with brand yeah. deals to the point where like that 1500 bucks means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, as where, yeah, on YouTube, it's like, it's, it's not even comparable. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even close. So 50 to 60 million views in a month, uh, your email was flooded. Yeah. And what are people saying? Like, hey, make me a video. Can you mention my product in a video? Like, yeah. what, what are they looking for? Yeah, it's mostly brands. And I mean, you know, 90% of the emails you get are like some random Amazon seller, like looking to see if you'll sell their purple wigs, right? Mm-hmm. Like something that's totally irrelevant um, and something that's just not going to work. And most of them will offer you like 200 bucks. That's the other thing too, is like the, I think the ad rates, there's this huge like gap, right? Where some, I think TikTok is still so new that like some people don't realize like what the rates are like. So it's really all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that help or hurt you? Um, mm, probably mostly hurt. Mm-hmm. Cause like most of the time you have to kind of justify it mm-hmm. um, and be like, Hey, listen, like you could go to this person, this person, and this person who's like, I guess in the same like bucket as me, but they charge just as much, if not more. And so you have to like, there's this extra step of like, you kind of have to prove to a company mm-hmm. uh, like, why your rates are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's all getting better now. Like, I feel like a lot of brands have, uh, you know, given pushback a little bit less. And how do you decide? So your inbox is full of all these people who are like, hey, advertise my product from purple wigs to things you actually might mm-hmm. do. How do you decide which ones to work with and which ones not? Is it a price thing? Is it a product thing? Is it a combination? Yeah, uh, it's definitely a combination. I think a lot of people would be kind of ashamed to say like the money is important because like you'd like to think that it's not, uh, but it is right. Like if the perfect <laughs> you're running fit, a business, of course yeah. it's important. <laughs> if the if the perfect fit of a company, like you know that like the ad's gonna work out well, they fit right in with your page. Your audience isn't gonna like 
be pissed off at you for promoting them. If you should be getting ten thousand dollars and they're offering you five hundred, like you're way too far apart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely a combination. Like, and what do you do in that scenario? So like you you want ten thousand dollars for a video, somebody offers you five hundred. Do you negotiate? Do you try to send them comps? Do you just say, hey, come back when you got ten thousand dollars? Like like how do you handle that? Um, well, if nothing's aligned, you know, sometimes I guess it depends on like how flooded the inbox is, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's like a no answer kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um but yeah, I mean, uh, otherwise, like, definitely. But if it's the perfect company, like, if you're like, mm-hmm. man, this is going to fly on the page. Yeah. Um, well, it depends. Like, if it's a startup, there have been times where I've been like, okay, well, maybe we can make this up in equity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I really, if I'm, if I really think, and I have a few friends who are like very familiar with like the VC space, so I'll like ask them, hey, what do you think about this company? And they'll mm-hmm. check out like, you know, how much funding they have and like who's backing them and like kind of give me their thoughts. Um, so if they're willing to like, uh, give in and like make that up with equity, then Mm -hmm. there have been a few times where like I've done that. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So it's all advertising on your page. Why don't you sell things? You you don't know what to sell. Is it, that's not kind of how TikTok works. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think, I think it's kind of a combination of both. Like on TikTok, you really need to be like, a certain type of creator to be able to sell stuff Mm -hmm. um, just because your audience isn't quite as engaged as if you were on YouTube. Um, And so, yeah, I think for me, it's like, it's much easier to just stick with the brand deals. Mm -hmm. Um, And and obviously recently, like I've started with selling like B2B, right? Like we were talking about before we started the podcast, like uh, I've been running brands, TikTok accounts for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that like through, through that and like, uh, advertising, those are probably at least for my account, uh, the like most plausible ways to, to make money. So you go to a brand, we'll talk about which brands in a second, but you mm-hmm. go to a brand, you say, Hey, I'll run your account for you. What are they expecting you to do? Is it like you literally get them the handle and like set up the page and then you tell them what to post? Are you creating all the content? How does this work? Yeah. um, So I think it's obviously super important for brands to be on TikTok, right? Like, or at least be making short form video. Um, Like we were talking before about how like TikTok might be banned. People are scared. But I don't think short form video is going away. Um, And so I think that that's like something that a lot of brands and especially I think startups should be focusing on now. Um, and a lot of them over the last like two years have started. Um, but I think like my whole pitch is kind of like, you know, if you're going to grab some kid who, uh, you know, was in studied marketing and is fresh out of college and you're going to pay him a hundred grand, why wouldn't you just come to me? Right? Like I've been, I have like real experience with this. Uh, and so I think a lot of brands now, hopefully, uh, will start coming to me. And if not me, people like me, um, to, to do that. I've always thought, uh, you could go get a marketing degree or if you show up with like a hundred thousand, uh, followers or, you know, in this case, millions of followers on an account. Uh, if you wanted to go get a job at one of these companies and it was like you versus like the degree, like you're going to win it all day long because you're like, cool. That person like read some books and like listened to a professor, but like, I know how to do this. Like here's proof. 
Yeah. Right. And so it is that real world experience. Uh, this is true of everything, like in sales, right? If you show up to the job interview and someone's like, oh, I have a sales degree. And somebody else is like, nah, man, like I got three leads. Where Who do I send these to mm -hmm. internally? Right. People are like, I guess that guy could do the job. Yeah, definitely. And so as far as expectations goes, um, it's really all over the place, right? Because like a lot of brands are just in totally different spots, you know? Um, I guess this is a good time to bring this up. Like BlackRock's TikTok account, for example. Um, Which you guys run. Right. Uh, so they already had a TikTok account set up and they already knew that they wanted their employees to be in the videos. Okay. So their expectation was just like, hey, we have this set up, um, but you know, we could probably use a little more force behind this. How do you do this? Right. And so, and do they have like a, uh, so for context, uh, you got your account, you've got other brand accounts. You also run BlackRock's Twitter account or a uh, uh, TikTok account. And for those that are like, wait, BlackRock, like the, the BlackRock. Yes. Yeah. BlackRock, like the trillions of dollars <laughs> of assets, uh, has a TikTok that you're mm -hmm. running, uh, in, in partnership with them. Who's coming up with the idea? Like, let's just go through step by step. Like, okay, you work with a brand like BlackRock. Who comes up with the ideas? Are you like, hey guys, here's 10 ideas that you could do? Or are they coming to you and they're like, here's 10 things that we want to do, like make it go viral? Mm -hmm. So this is interesting. I guess we'll like go back to the beginning of my partnership with them. So uh, I ended up connecting with someone from their, uh, in their social media department. Um, and the whole TikTok thing was actually, it was Larry Fink's idea. He was like, we got to get on TikTok. Larry Fink um, wanted to get on TikTok. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> wild. And so they were like, we got to get going. Like we're, we're trying to push on this. Right. Cause like, of course, you know, when, when Larry wants something like, so, uh, it was like a very, it was like a very quick thing. Right. So just kind of like threw me in. Cause they, they were like, we want to, we were looking for someone who like kind of knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I and was they like, just like sure, email you. It. Is it like cold email? Yeah. So like, uh, I was connected with, uh, this girl from there on, on LinkedIn. And I remember like she posted something one day, like we're looking for a TikTok creator. And I was like, this is perfect. So I just like shot her a message and I was like, Hey, I'm curious to hear more about this. So That's we incredible. started like pretty like immediately. Um, and so what I started doing with them and what I'm trying to do, uh, through Fuse, my agency, uh, with like startups is, is just like, everything, right? Like a, like a door to door kind of service. Like mm -hmm. all you have to do is approve the videos. We'll do everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, and so with them, it's, it's pretty much that. And obviously like their compliance is a little bit heavier than, than a bunch of like startups, the startups that I've worked with. Um, so there's like a little bit more to the approval process, but yeah, I mean, it's essentially just like me. And then there's a few other people from their team who kind of like suggest things that they should talk about. Like, to ensure that they're like staying on brand, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, they'll, they'll talk, like they'll, they'll come with some ideas and say, Hey, you know, we'd like to talk about this. And then I'll try to kind of, uh, figure out how to talk about that in a way that could be like digestible on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And then do you give them like a script and they have their employees like, uh, read the script or like mm -hmm. how does that work in terms of you getting the content you need to be able to edit? So the video is high yeah. quality. So once the video, once the, like the video ideas are laid out, um, we'll like write a bunch of scripts, mm -hmm. uh, take them to like their legal and compliance. They'll, uh, you know, approve them. We'll make changes, whatever it may be. Um, and then we'll like set like a filming day in their office. And so, uh, it actually works out well cause I live in New York and they're 
headquarters is in New York. So, uh, like probably one day every like, you know, two weeks, three weeks or whatever. You I'll, roll like, into BlackRock yeah. and do you bring like the, uh-huh. the influencer uh, light and like a camera and everything? Which is crazy. You really because, do that? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll go into their office and it's, it's nuts. Like, uh, I stick out actually, well, I don't want to sound like, you know, like I'm like shitting on them at all because like their, their marketing department is actually really like, it's mostly young people. Of course. Um, but still it like, it is BlackRock, right? So like, it's like pretty, like I go in like this, like hat and everything mm-hmm. and like nobody does that. And an LA Dodgers hat in New York. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Usually not. Actually, it's a sore topic right now. We don't got to right. talk go about ahead. the Yankees. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, so like I'll go Damn, into I'll go into so their bad. office. They like, got you wearing Dodgers hats now. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's I not say that good. as a Yankees. It's fan. not sorry. good. Sorry, sorry. Are you from New York? Huh? Are you from New York? Uh, my whole family is. Yeah. So when you walk so, into BlackRock, uh, are they like excited? Yeah, like, yeah. Like the employees that are going to yeah. be in the videos. So they're like, yeah, they're pumped. really cool. Like we're 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 yeah. like we're all friends. It's nice. Yeah. So they're like um, cool. I get to be in a BlackRock TikTok video. Yeah, but like they're building. So like the like I said, the marketing department's really cool. Uh, but like if you walk into the lobby, you'll notice like most people are wearing like suits. Mm-hmm. They look real serious. And so like I remember the first day walking in, <laughs> they have real jobs. The secu- yeah, they have real <laughs> jobs. So like I remember the first day walking in. There's like a ton of security on on the in the lobby and whatever. And uh, the guy was like, "Hey, like you looking for something? Like what's like, up? Like, why are you here? Yeah, like kind of just like what are you doing? Like you don't look like you belong here. Yeah. Um, and I remember being like. Yep, this is perfect. This is exactly what I wanted with my life. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll go into their office. We'll film the videos, and then uh, you know, edit them afterwards. Get more approvals, and then they get posted and stuff. And what is the purpose? Is it they want to be culturally relevant with a certain demographic? Do they want? Is it like a recruiting thing? Mm-hmm. Is there? Uh, are they trying to make money? Are they trying to sell ads on their BlackRock TikTok account? Like, what, yeah. what is the purpose? Um, well, I think. I think there's two things. I don't want to. I don't want to get in any trouble. So yeah, I'm not speak speaking on them. behalf of them. Yes. This, this is, is your speculation. Um, but yeah, I think if I had to guess, uh, I think that they're trying to like tap into the youth, mm-hmm. um, which like you know uh, anyone who's listening to this probably knows that the best way to tap into the youth nowadays is TikTok. Um, and so I, th- I think that's part of it. And then also like their whole thing is really like an initiative to, uh, teach people more about like financial wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's definitely like a long-term game for them. Cause it's not like, you know, in any of the videos, it's not advertising like Aladdin or any of their like products generally. I mean, sometimes like if, if it fits, like we could mention it, mm-hmm. like it doesn't hurt to just make mention of it. But, um, yeah, I think ge- so. Generally, it's just like promoting financial wellness, and I think perhaps planting the seed for the youth. Yeah, which which makes sense, right? Like if you, mm-hmm. if you were sitting there at that organization, and you're like, man, I'm going to think really long term. Uh, we probably want our brand in front of young people who may come work here one day, maybe customers one day, uh, maybe buyers at other companies that we're trying to pit. Like it makes sense to get your brand in front of them, and for the cost, or like the, if you think of it like from a risk return standpoint. It's like minimal cost compared to the potential uh, benefit that they could get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, it's been less than six months and their their following has, I I don't know, probably close to 10x by now. How many uh, followers they have? Well, it's, they have like, I think 17,000, 18,000. 17, damn, they got more than me. Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> I think we got 15. Yeah. And so, but they started with, you know, I think 1,500, something yeah. like that. Um, All right, enough about BlackRock. They're not paying me any money, so right. this is not a BlackRock ad. Uh, go follow them on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> um, when when you think about the business that you're running, though, so you run those types of accounts. There's also mm. startup type accounts as well. Is it all brand recognition, brand awareness, uh, or do you see some of these companies trying to do like direct response stuff on TikTok mm. as well? This episode is brought to you by Unstoppable Domains. They've partnered with Blockchain.com to create NFT domain names ending in .blockchain. It's the perfect ending to show that you're a believer in a decentralized future. The Blockchain.com community can join a short waitlist to get one for free at Blockchain.com slash waitlist slash blockchain domain. Free NFT domains provide all the benefits of premium Unstoppable Domains, including fee-free lifelong ownership. If you don't have a Blockchain.com wallet, no worries. There's new free domains available to everyone. Either join the waitlist for a free Blockchain.com domain or visit UnstoppableDomains.com to buy your domain today, starting as low as $5. UnstoppableDomains.com. This episode is brought to you by Compass Mining, the world's largest marketplace for mining hardware and hosting. With Compass, everyone can mine Bitcoin. You can do it at home or in one of their 23 hosting facilities around the world. All you need to do to start mining your own Bitcoin is go to compassmining.io today. Again, if you want to get into Bitcoin mining, go check out compassmining.io today. This episode is brought to you by Exodus. Accessing Web3 across multiple networks just got a hell of a lot easier. Exodus is one of the most popular crypto wallets for mobile and desktop, and they just added Chrome and Brave web browsers to the lineup. The new Exodus Web3 wallet is a multi-chain browser extension that lets you safely navigate Web3 and DeFi apps on Ethereum, Solana, and Algorand from one wallet. Manage mint and sell NFTs on multiple networks in one wallet. You can swap Solana and ETH tokens natively right within the extension. And if you ever hit a snag, world-class customer service is available 24-7. More of your favorite chains are on the way. So run, don't walk, over to exodus.com slash pomp to download the Exodus Web3 wallet right now. Again, exodus.com slash pomp. Go check them out today. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think it's I think it kind of depends on like where the company's at. Um, some of the startups that are like super um, you know small, just getting started, they're looking for conversions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but then there are some that are kind of just looking to like, looking for that awareness, right? Like, I don't know if you're familiar with Carrot. Uh, they do like credit cards or mm-hmm. they're technically not credit cards for mm-hmm. influencers. So um, we are hopefully by the time this is out, uh, we'll start running their account. Um, and they for, they, for example, like, we're kind of just like, we want to make cool videos that like attract influencers specifically. Cause like their niche is like very specific, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't get a carrot card if you know, you're not an influencer. Um, and then there are other companies like there's one, uh, also not sure if you're familiar, it's called here. Um, they do like, this is not an ad, but, uh, they, they, they do like, it's like fractional, you can buy into like fractional shares of like Airbnb, Airbnb rentals. Okay. Um, they're actually based here in Miami too. Uh, so like we're running theirs and theirs is more targeted to like, we want conversions, right? Yep. Like, um, so yeah. So when you do like, uh, content for them, are you in the videos or are you getting other people or are you getting their employees? Yeah. Um, so I think like, I'm open to being in the videos, but the, 
I'm really focused on like scalability here. Mm-hmm. Cause one of the things that I noticed about like my ads on TikTok, for example, is like, you can only have so many ads. So like, for example, the rest of this year, I can't take any more ads. Um, why? Cause you're sold out. Yeah, pretty much. Cause like y- you can't, uh, you know, if, if half your videos are ads, like you're just going to destroy your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've noticed that with this, it's, it's pretty scalable. Like, uh, I can, I like to spend a lot of time with like the people who I work with who are like touching this so that they can like figure out how I think about things and can like sort of start to do things the way that I would. Mm -hmm. Uh, like Reese, for example, has been like a huge help with all of this. And, uh, he's been working with me for over a year now, maybe even close to two. Um, how did you two meet? Uh, so Reese actually sent me, uh, like a cold email. Um, and I was like, yeah, this seems interesting. Sure. Cause his whole thing was like, uh, I, I'm just really interested in this. Like I'll do it for free. So he didn't even get paid for like six months or whatever. Right. And then whatever he was, he was great and he graduated college and now it's like a full time thing. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I think the goal is to like, kind of like have a balance between like retaining as much quality as I can and also like having the capability to scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's like, how do we put out more videos? How do we put out better videos? Um, and how do we also make sure that brands feel like they're getting the proper attention from me? Because that is usually like a pretty big part of the, the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty much just about like, finding good people, which I'm sure, you know, is like the toughest and one of the most important things. Um, and then also like kind of being, uh, you know, strict with like which brands we choose to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, because like, I think it's really tough. Like when, when a company will like is willing to give you a bunch of money. Right. But you don't want anything to look bad. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want your brand to look bad. If, if the company is no offense, boring, and you, there's just no content opportunities there. Like, uh, I'm just, it doesn't make sense even to get paid. Uh, even if you're getting paid to like take that time to make, uh, you know, videos for an account that might not really do anything. There, there is, uh, I bet you that we could make 10 times more money across all of the different, uh, advertising deals that we've done over the years. We could have made easily 10 times more money if we accepted all of the boring people, uh, the people that we thought, uh, were like, eh, not something I really want to be associated with, uh, either because of the people, because of the product, because of the market, whatever. Uh, if you have a growing audience or a big audience, I think that people underestimate how much opportunity there is, but the people who stay in this game for a long time, uh, you have to make sure that you pick correctly. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And it feels like TikTok is like, that on steroids. Like it's the wild, Definitely. wild west. Yeah. And, and I think like you get tested a lot, right? Like and recently, what's a, what's a test that you went through? Uh, it was very recent. Okay. Uh, don't use names. We won't say the brand's name. Okay. Um, but it was, uh, I'll give you $5 if you say the name. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Five bucks. I'll take it. Um, see, he'll do anything for money. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was, a. Uh, like a sports betting and other types of betting thing. Okay. Um, and they were really, really pushy about like, basically like you need to encourage people t- in a legal way to 
uh, start gambling and we want you to get on Twitch and start streaming your self gambling and we'll give you money for that and whatever. And they offered like, it was like a full year deal mm-hmm. and it was like close to a million dollars. A million dollars for yeah. a full year for you to post on TikTok and stream yeah. on Twitch. Which by the way is definitely, is de- is much, that's a much bigger, I don't want to give like the wrong uh, yeah. impression. It's a much bigger offer than like I have ever gotten mm-hmm. um, for like one single thing. Uh, so that was like testing, right? Because it's like whew, almost a million bucks. Like I don't have to sweat for the next year. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just like, I think, I think it would just weigh down on my conscience too much. Because it, it's pulling people towards gambling. Yeah. I mean, especially with like the way that they wanted their messaging to be mm-hmm. was not like, you know, I think, I think some people could maybe see it differently if it's, if it's the type of thing where, um, you know, you kind of just show yourself gambling and maybe like an interesting clip or whatever. But this was specifically like, Hey, you know, they'll, they'll go ahead and, uh, you know, double your first deposit and, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of just incentives for people to start gambling. And mm-hmm. I think especially on TikTok with like younger audiences, like you don't want to plant that seed. Yeah. I, I think the younger audience, but also, uh, one of the things I've thought a lot about, we've worked with some of the gambling companies before, mm-hmm. but it's always been from a perspective of like, this is entertainment. You should use minimal dollars, 100%. right? We've been approached by people, uh, and, and thankfully we're not in like sports or wherever where this is like crazy, uh, who are like, put all of your money in and like, you'll get yeah, rich. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that there is, uh, it's very similar in crypto as well. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you think whether, Ugh. uh, there is like buying Bitcoin, um, on an exchange, whether it is in your retirement account, like there's all these different products now. And I always remind the brands, like you shouldn't tell people, uh, that they should or should not do something. Like you shouldn't pass judgment on them, right? Obviously, uh, you want people to use your stuff, but like the message that will resonate is actually one that is rational, not one that's like super over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and I see some people who are like super over the top and you're just like, I got it. Like they were shopping a deal and it kind of went around uh-huh. and like, I'll talk to two or three friends and they're like, nah, you know, not for me, not for me. And then like, I'll see the ad somewhere. And I'll be like, oh, they found a home. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. And it, and it does make you think a little bit as to like what's going on. Yeah. And I think even as far as the gambling stuff goes, you know, those companies have to do their thing, right? Like they, they got to make ads and, and same with creators. Like they need to do that too. And so I want to like follow up with my previous statement by saying like, I've also done some and probably will continue to do some of those ads. I think like just with those, like the messaging has to be right, you mm-hmm. know? So I, I don't want someone to watch this podcast and see me post an ad for a company and be like, you, you liar. Yeah. Um, but but, but, yeah, I, I, but just, I think that there is this, like, um, people talk all the time about product market fit, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, it's, you know, very well understood now in the startup world. But like, one of the things that we have found uh, across, you know, I mean, I talk to a lot of people who have audiences who, who are kind of in this world and over and over and over again, people are like, look, if I find the right brand that aligns with me, my values, my ethics, whatever, uh, and with my audience and what they're looking for or whatever, fill a need that they're trying to, to find a solution to, it's a home run. Oh, yeah. And sometimes people forget. Like there's distractions, right? There's money, there's mm-hmm. uh, views, there's like all these different things. Sometimes it's just being associated with a certain brand, right? Some people are like, oh, that's going to be better for me or whatever. Um, but if you can align those three things, like it ends up being a win-win uh, for the person who's creating the content, for the brand, and then ultimately for the audience as well. Definitely. I mean, I think 
I think I kind of like to see those, uh, the brand relationships the same way you would see like, you know, romantic relationships, right? Like, Explain. Uh, so there are, there are companies that you can work with very briefly. Uh, you know, there's some instant gratification. A one night stand. Correct. Um, and so I think a lot of people are, you know, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I just think a lot of people are like tempted with taking those deals. Um, and then there are companies that like I've found, for example, where I'm like, I will get on my knee and ask you to marry me. Like, let's just sign the biggest contract we can. Mm-hmm. If you want to sign for 10 years, let's do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I think that like, I think those two are strangely similar. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is totally a home run. Like if you can find a brand that works perfectly. I think another big thing too um, is like, how the people are at the brand, like the people who you interact with, are they cool? Are they a pain to work with? Um, so yeah, I mean, if you can find a brand with cool people that do something that your audience is interested in, that you're interested in, uh, and that have the budget, like, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I'm laughing because uh, I've had all the experiences. <laughs> Some of them you're like amazing. Like literally you got, I'll go to bat for you all day long. Yep. Like whatever I can do to help you. Others you're like, when is the contract over? Right. And what I found actually is the people in the second situation, they're almost never like, they don't want to be doing it either. Right. Like there's, you know, you mentioned earlier compliance stuff. There's Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes an executive team that's like overbearing or trying to call the shots or what, like there's a bunch of reasons why stuff. Yeah. It's it's dumb stuff and everyone knows it's dumb, but like, it's just the situation they find themselves in. Um, And so what I always remind them is if you're easy to work with and we understand your goals, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can do because we can see opportunistic stuff. And like we used to do these live stream um, kind of like one-off things, right? So like, uh, especially during 2020, I would just be at home and just be like, you know what? I got some stuff to say. And I just hit, you know, live stream on YouTube or whatever. And at the end there'd be Q and A. People would ask me questions. And so like, if I was working with an advertiser that like I really believed in and I understood what they were trying to accomplish and everything, somebody asked me a question, yeah. I'm like, one of our advertisers is so-and-so, like, here's why I like them, blah, 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 whatever. Like, that's not part of a contract. That's not anything. It's just, you want, like, you believe it's, it's a solution mm-hmm. for the audience, right? Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I do that all the time too, where like, if a brand is really, really fair, um, you know, there, you guys like mutually agree on, you know, how many posts you have to make, how much money they're giving you. Oftentimes, like I'll go out and wear, you know, some brands hat on a podcast or Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'll mention them in a live stream or like, you know, show a little extra love on like their social media accounts or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's just about like trying to have like the most reasonable and like amicable relationship. Talk to me about grandma. You, 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 your grandmother is now TikTok famous. Uh, for what I understand, you showed showed me some of the videos and Mm. they're hilarious. Yeah. Um, so it's around a year ago now that we started. Okay. Um, my goal was to kind of figure out whether or not I had gotten lucky. Right. I kind of hit like this wall where I was like, maybe a little bored of what I was doing. And I was like, let's do a test. So I wanted everything to be working against me. That was my goal. I I didn't want to be able to like plug the page anywhere else. I didn't want to be in the videos. Um, And so I took my grandma for a few reasons. Uh, I guess A, because it's difficult because she's, no offense, Nona, old. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> and she, hey, she looks like she's 21, but she, you know, she's a little up there. You would never guess it. Uh, and people on TikTok are super young, right? So like, how do you get young people to be interested in an old person? That's probably a unique challenge on TikTok. Um, and so we started making these videos and I kind of like sat down one day and just obviously like knowing and being close to her my whole life kind of wrote down like the things that, uh, I was most interested in and that I saw people who she knew were most interested in when it comes to like her personality. Um, and so like a, she has great stories, right? Like she's, uh, she's an immigrant. She came here from Italy, like at 18 by herself, uh, obviously couldn't speak English. Like she's got a really interesting story. So stories and her cooking. So I was like, what if I just combine these a little bit? And so, uh, she'll, she does these cooking videos, uh, and, She'll just add in like little tidbits of like, you know, I remember back in Italy, we used to eat this dish because, you know, like I think she was talking about beans and like they couldn't afford meat. So they had beans and whatever, like these heartwarming stories um, that I think like a very specific niche of people can appreciate to like an extreme level because mm -hmm. it's so rare on the Internet. Um, but it's also like something that people just generally would see. And, you know, even if you're, you don't really care about like Italian culture, or, like most people would look at that and be like, oh, she's cute. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we started that, uh, she like making said, cash, huh? She making cash. So a little, uh, but she probably could be doing much better. I just, it's a time thing. Yeah. You know, I think at this point it's more of a, it's more of like a passion thing. Mm -hmm. Um, cause she also like loves it. You know, it's like something for her to do. She probably never thought that she'd be really doing anything. Like, I guess this isn't like real, like work for her, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, it's like, it's something she's got to show up and she's got to like, she obviously like has to be, uh, she has to perform on camera. Does she get um, like, does she put like specific clothes on and like, Oh yeah. And she's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this is my look for yeah. today. Like, do, do I look good? Uh -huh. Yeah. Cause she's like, she's super old school. So she like, she wants to make sure that like, do I look good? Is my hair right? Is my shirt good? Yep. Like she's, uh, she's really funny. I also got really lucky with her too. Cause like her, she has a great personality. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't think it would have worked with anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, she's a great personality. Like she laughs a lot. It's like, it's a personal thing too, because like, you know, it gets us to spend more time together. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like, it's like a bonding thing. And then also I realized like, obviously it'd be cool to like make her a bunch of money, but I think more than anything, I want to, I want to like take responsibility for like making her live the best years of her life mm -hmm. at a point in her life where most people don't, right? Mm -hmm. Like usually uh, people have their best years when they're super young. So it's like, who's to say that she, she can't like just have a great few years. Yeah. So like, uh, I guess like some of the ways that I've done that is like, um, uh, we spoke about carrot before they do this whole thing where they, now like get billboards in Times Square for like a bunch of uh, creators. Mm -hmm. And so I surprised her with a billboard in Times Square with like the, a picture of the two of us, <laughs> which was like just the most ridiculous thing. What um, was her reaction? Oh my God. She was, she was crying. I swear to you for hours. Like <laughs> these guys were here, were there. And like, she was, because it was like, it was super emotional for her. Cause like she was saying that like she, she immediately thought back to like when she got here and obviously things were much different back then. Uh, so she took a boat here and it was like, whatever, nine days. She was by herself, 18 years old. When she got here, it wasn't like, a, you know, let me call my dad because her, her dad was already here. Like, let me call my dad and tell him to come pick me up, right? Like, they didn't have cell phones, obviously. Like, they didn't, a lot of like small, like logistical things that we wouldn't think about. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so she was like, you know, I couldn't, I remember like, you know, getting to the port, finding my dad, we walked to Times Square and like, that was like the first thing that she did when she got here. Mm. And so I remember her saying that like, uh, because of like some of the like adversity that she had faced, like through her life, she always felt like she was, I guess like in a way, like less than like a lot of people who had more opportunity, Mm -hmm. uh, because like she didn't get to go to college. Like she didn't get to live like the classic, like nine to five life. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I think like that made her like, especially emotional because it was like, oh, well, in, in a world where like my entire life, I didn't think that I could ever impact a lot of people or do things that, you know, most people can't do. Uh, I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, I think that kind of made her emotional to like, remember going to Times Square all the way back when she came here and now to going to Times Square and like, you know, being on a massive billboard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, with a million followers on TikTok, do you think that you can get her to make more money in a single year now than she made in her entire life? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, and like I said, I haven't done that, but I should. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I, I, like I said, it's it's mostly like a time thing. Um, and also it's, maybe it isn't mostly a time thing. I think it's also partially about like doing it right as well. Mm-hmm. Like right now we're working on merch. Um, <laughs> as we're like, for me, I don't think my merch would crush it. Yeah. Uh, but with her, and this is like an interesting thing like that I learned through this about like the differences between people's audiences is like, she has a much more attached audience. Like, mm-hmm. I swear to you, every time she leaves the house, someone is like, I need to take a picture with you. No, no, no Gracie, I love She's you. She's getting stopped in the streets? All the time. Every single, like, literally every, every time she leaves the house. Um, and she Does loves she it. Does she like it? It's gotten to the point, yeah, she loves it. Uh, it's gotten to the point where, like, she doesn't even mention it to me anymore. Like, in the beginning, she was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Someone, you know, someone recognized me. Can you believe it? And now she's just, like, she's just like a celebrity. Like, of course they did. She's yeah. regular to her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, yeah, her, her audience is like super attached and a lot of them are like, you know, I, I lost my grandma like however many years or months ago. And so like, uh, like Nona Gracie just really resonates with me and it, it like reminds me of my grandma or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's super cool. And so like, yeah, we're working on merch. Um, also looking at like some sort of avenue to like kind of monetize her recipes, maybe like a cookbook or a recipe subscription or something along mm-hmm. those lines. But it's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, yeah. So thanks. I'm inspired now. I'm going to, I'm going to make listen, her, I'm going to make her a million dollars. What, um, uh, what are the steps? So like somebody watches this, like, all right, cool. I got it. TikTok's big. I should be on TikTok. Uh, I want to build an account. What, what would you say are like the three to five steps that somebody should do mm-hmm. immediately to grow on TikTok? Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess step number one is like figure out your lane, right? Like what are you interested in? And it could be anything. I think you see a lot of people who will decide things based off of like, will decide what they're making videos about based off what they think, what will, what will do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really think anything could do well, right? I think it just depends on how you present it. Um, but there, there is a market for everything. I mean, you know, obviously different, different, uh, like niches are, are like different sizes, but like, for example, if you absolutely own the basket weaving niche, like you could probably monetize that really heavily, even if like the maximum capability for like your follower count is like 
50,000. Mm-hmm. That could be like a gross underestimation. So basket weaving community, don't come at me. But um, <laughs> All right. So the first is yeah, finding so your lane. I think it's finding your lane, making sure it's like true to you. Um, and then from there, I think uh, I think consuming a lot of content, at least in the beginning, around the type of content that you content that you want to make is super important just to like see, you know, what other people are doing and how other people are doing what you want to do well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that that's like the second step. And then I think especially with TikTok, it's just like go, right? Like just do it. Um, which is like, I guess like very cliche to say, but like the, it's almost like the more planning you do, like the more like, like theories you come up with, like maybe this will do better as where like with a TikTok video, you could make one in 10, 15, 30 minutes max. If like, you're really trying to make a good video. Um, so it's like, how about you just test it? You know? Um, and so I think that's kind of what I did was like exactly those steps and like just kind of tested things until they worked. Um, and I sort of like leaned in on the, the things, the topics that worked and tried to like, you know, uh, remake them in a way and like kind of stuck with a format Mm -hmm. and yeah, just like kept going. And then at some point, like obviously when you get to a certain amount of followers, um, brands start to reach out or you can like reach out to brands and like, they'll be interested in working with you. And then from there, I think it's important to just like continue running it as a business. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people I think don't do that. And I think that that's probably like one of the bigger like mistakes that I see. So I want to ask you a bunch of just rapid fire questions. Let's do it. Uh, the first is if you had to pick one TikTok account that you think absolutely crushes it, but people don't really know about it, what would you say? Ooh, the BlackRock TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, this episode is brought to you by Eight Sleep. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer, and the Eight Sleep Pod is the ultimate sleep machine. The pod is the only sleep technology that dynamically cools and heats each side of the bed to maintain the optimal sleeping temperature for what your body needs. With the pod, you can start sleeping as cool as 55 degrees Fahrenheit or as hot as 110 degrees Fahrenheit. What is the result? Clinical data shows that eight sleep users experience up to 19% increase in recovery, 32% improvement in sleep quality, and up to 34% more deep sleep. How do I know it works? I sleep on it every single night, and it works so well that I beg the founders to let me invest in the company. Go check them out today at 8sleep.com slash pomp to start sleeping cool this summer and save $150 on the pod. Again, 8sleep.com slash pomp, and you get $150 off when you use code pomp. This episode is brought to you by FTX US. They're the safe, regulated way to buy and sell Bitcoin and other digital assets. Trade crypto with up to 85% lower fees than the top competitors. There are no fixed minimums, no ACH transaction fees, and no withdrawal fees. Download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP to earn free crypto on every trade over $10. The more you trade, the more you earn. Go download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP. This episode is brought to you by Valor, which represents what's next in the digital economy. They provide simplified, trusted access in crypto, decentralized finance, and Web3 investment opportunities. Institutions and investors can gain diversified, secure, compliant, and easily tradable access to a diversified set of industry-leading equity products and protocols, all through a single stock purchase on a regulated exchange. 
They currently are listed in the U.S. under the DEFTF stock ticker and on the Canadian NEO exchange under DEFI. For more information or to subscribe to receive company updates and financial information, visit their website at valor.com. That's V-A-L-O-U-R.com. Well, actually, no. Okay, I, I, I do believe that, but I won't pick that because it's too corny. Um, hmm. I, okay, so this is... Can I modify the question yeah. to it should be bigger? Okay. Um, there's a guy, his name is JT Barnett. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes like creator economy content mm-hmm. and he has a bunch of followers. Like he's crushing it. Um, but I think he should be doing better. Interesting. Yeah. What's one trend in this whole creator economy thing that uh, you disagree with or you think doesn't have legs to stay? Um, have you seen that? There's a There's a new trend where people like... I suppose like freestyle a song, like telling a random story. Have you seen this? No. There's like an instrumental that everybody uses. I'm, I forget the name of the, the actual song, but everyone basically throws on this instrumental and they'll tell a story, but pretend like they're like singing, but they're like, it's, it's always terrible. Like they're half singing and they're, Nothing like rhymes or goes together. It's just, it's really weird to me. I don't know. What you just not described not only doesn't sound like it's going to last, I'm surprised it ever became a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it, it is huge. Like some of these videos have like millions of likes and I'm like, I cannot bear to like stand, stand more than 10 seconds of this. It's That's wild. crazy. Yeah. Um, who do you think is the most likely person from the creator economy to go on to build massive businesses uh, similar to a Mr. Beast, but hasn't yet started? Like, who do you think has the biggest opportunity? Uh, who hasn't yet started at all. I mean, I think like the Nelk boys are doing a good job with doing what Mr. Beast is doing, but obviously at a smaller scale, mm-hmm. uh, but they've already started. Um, I would just say anyone with like, anyone with like an extremely, cause if you have a, if you have a really captivated audience, I think people, this is probably a longer answer than you wanted. Uh, but like, I think you realize at some point that instead of promoting things that are in line with my brand that are owned by other people, why wouldn't I just go and own those things? Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, I think anyone, for example, like my grandma has big potential for that, right? Like Mm -hmm. she could theoretically, like she could start like a whole merch brand surrounding like the Italian culture Mm -hmm. and it could explode, Mm -hmm. right? Like tomato sauce, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. She could, yeah, she could, she could go into like, you know, consumer goods and start selling things in, in grocery stores and like, that would be that would be wild. I think she's got potential. If you had to pick YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, you get to upload one video to go viral. Which one has the highest probability of going TikTok. viral? TikTok. If you had to pick one of those three platforms to build an entire business around, which one would you pick? YouTube. If you had to pick one for the highest degree of creator satisfaction, which would you pick? Hmm. I think it's a toss-up between TikTok and YouTube, but I think I'll go with TikTok. Okay. You shit all over Instagram and all three of those answers and didn't pick them for anything. What? Why do you think Instagram maybe doesn't keep up with the other two platforms? I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm not the biggest fan of Instagram. It's just like, I think TikTok and YouTube are just really running it right now. Because all that Instagram really has going for them is like, they don't even push like, photos and stuff anymore you know like which is like their whole thing yeah so it's like i feel like instagram is kind of just trying to be tiktok right now yeah 
Um, but it, so yes, but doesn't that make it easier for the people creating content where like it used to be yeah. like long form YouTube mm. video, photos on Instagram, TikTok yeah. video, whatever. Now it's just like 60 seconds or less vertical video, put it on all three platforms and like you're good. Definitely. I just think, I think long-term it's like at what point do the consumers get bored? Mm-hmm. Like if Instagram just keeps doing what they're doing and I could be wrong, this is like pure speculation, but like if they keep doing what they're doing, at what point do users realize like I could just be on TikTok? You know, mm-hmm. like, do I, do I need all of these accounts and things going on? Um, I don't know. I, I think that at some point that could happen. When you meet somebody at a bar and they ask you what you do, what do you say? <laughs> this is a funny, this is a funny question. Uh, I'll usually just be like, oh, I'm in social media. I think especially because like, as the years have gone by, it's gotten more and more complicated, right? Like, am I the social media consultant guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I make videos? Do I build brands for other people? And so like, if they, if they're really interested and in, they'll like continue the conversation, I'll like explain more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also depends on like who it is, you know, mm-hmm. like, is it, if it's like a random person, you know, like someone like a family friend's friend or something mm-hmm. who's like 60 years old and they're like, what do you do? I'll be like, I'm in marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave it at that. You know, <laughs> like, except, not ex- even have except to for your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> she, she knows exactly what's no, no, going she on. She knows. She knows. Yeah. Do you think that she tells her friends? Oh, she does. Yeah. Are yeah, they, yeah, are they yeah, jealous? 100%. She loves it. No, I don't think they're jealous. Some have offered to like feature in her videos because she's got like a whole squad of like old Italian women. Yeah. Oh, and they cook. want, oh, they want cameos. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're just like, maybe one day I'll hop in your video, you know? So, and she hasn't taken them up on it yet. No, I think we're totally open to it. Like we, we probably will. It, it would be a good idea. Her people are going to talk. Maybe to Maybe I can people. start accounts for all of them and just build this like army of, uh, of Nona's. <laughs> I, I'm imagining her there. Uh, my wife's grandmother, uh, or I guess great grandmother. Uh, she, um, uh, was on the news in Bulgaria Whoa. because, uh, my wife was, uh, interviewed in Bulgarian media and she mentioned, her great grandmother, who of course they pulled a photo, and so she's like calling all of her friends, and uh, she's like, "Did you see the news? I was on the news, <laughs> like basically like, talking shit <laughs> and being like, you've never been on the news.' Oh my god, I was on the news. That like, is the hilarious. news cares about me; they don't care about you, basically. <laughs> and she's like, you know, I don't know, ninety two, ninety three years old. Yeah. Th- she thinks she's a hundred, but she's ninety two. <laughs> and uh, I remember just thinking, like, man, that never leaves you. Like that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Nona's gotten to the point of confidence yet where she's like necessarily flexing about it. I think it's more so just like sharing things where she's like, I am shocked that this is happening. You yeah. know, like she'll call her friends and be like, I was on a billboard in Times Square. Does that make any sense to you? Kind of thing, <laughs> you know, like uh, like, did you see the picture? And it's funny because like she doesn't have a phone. She has no idea how to operate. Oh, she didn't even have a phone. No, no, no. Uh, uh, so like everything basically is through me, right? Like I'll like read her comments and whatever. And so it's funny. Cause like, so like, uh, she'll be like, can you print this picture of us so I can show my friends? And I'll be like, oh yeah, that's right. Like you can't text your friends the picture. Cause none of you have phones, you know? So her friends don't have phones either. No. So they're like, yeah, they, they really are, you know, fax machine and printer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And does so she like show up and be like, here's pictures of all the scenes of my TikTok that went viral. <laughs> Imagine she's got like one of those like books that you flip yeah. through. Like, and then she yeah, shows yeah. them like what the TikTok is. No, 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 no. She'll just like, she'll ask me. It's mainly just for like big things like that. Yeah. You know? I think really it was just the Times Square billboard, but now it's like an interesting story. So I tell it more dramatically. Um, but yeah, yeah. So either she'll like ask me to show them in person or, you know, 
something like that. Or like one of their like grandkids will show them. Of course. Yeah. That's uh, I think that's what grandkids are for. It's like, Hey, look what's right. going on on this internet. Thing. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, get off the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't yeah. put your credit card on there. Yeah. It's also weird. Cause I think like, uh, some people, I, I think even like younger people, but you know, the numbers behind a screen, it just seems like a game. Mm-hmm. But I think in person, as she started to get recognized more, she un- starts to understand the numbers more now, you know? Yeah. It, I think it's true for everyone though, mm-hmm. right? Of Definitely. just like the numbers don't seem real. And at some point they do start to seem real, uh-huh. whether it's a conversion on something that you post or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, there is this, like, this is a game then like, oh, these are people that are watching, yeah. uh, which is kind of a weird mm-hmm. thing when it happens. Definitely. Um, where can we send people to follow you on the internet? Macrosia. <laughs> Across everything? Yeah. Uh, well, on Instagram, it's like real Macrosia, but I'm sure if you just put Macrosia, it'll come up. Are you big um, on Twitter? No. No? Unfortunately. Do you have a Twitter account? I should be big on Twitter, yeah. Do you have a Twitter account? I do have a Twitter. I just don't really use it. Why don't you just put the videos from TikTok on Twitter? Does that get engagement? Uh little alpha for you because I, I, know, I, know I you're use Twitter, Twitter more than I'm everything listening. else. Yeah. Uh, they are now testing like a carousel in the middle of the feed. So like you start mm. scrolling and all of a sudden it's like trending videos. I'm like, where so did this, everyone's where, just becoming where TikTok did this come now? from? Like, yeah. I, uh, I'm confused. So like they're doing something with video. I don't know if I'm in like some sort of like test cohort. I don't know if they've actually rolled this out to everyone or whatever, but I yeah. see the carousel there and it's already, I'm like, should I be putting more video on Twitter? Like, are they about to go full, you know, TikTok and like, just like yeah. boost all the videos? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think, um, I definitely need to start focusing on Twitter more now. I think Twitter is like a, a space where like a lot of like, I guess like industry people connect, right? Yeah. Like it's what LinkedIn should have been. Right. Exactly. And so I think especially now with like Fuse and stuff, uh, I'm definitely trying to connect with more people like that. So there's nothing more powerful on Twitter. Uh, than a Twitter DM to somebody who's been following you for years. Yeah. Like definitely. Think, think, right? Like email. Mm-hmm. likely going to be missed, ignored, yeah. you know, whatever. It's hard to like, remember who's who, whatever. Uh, if you get a ton of emails, uh, Instagram and TikTok are still like, okay, maybe, but like, that's like, for most people, it's like personal stuff. They're not doing a lot of work stuff there. Their right. accounts are locked on Instagram or whatever. But Twitter's like this weird thing where it's like personal and professional. Yeah. Uh, and if you follow people and consume lots of their content and then they DM you, you respond. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and, and also Twitter is interesting because I didn't know this, but my buddy Nate mentioned to me that like Twitter has like insane organic reach. Yeah. And I, I never knew that. Like, I guess he was saying it's basically like TikTok with words. Uh, to a degree, yeah. I mean, th- yeah. there's there's months, in a single month, uh, I'm trying to think, probably the biggest month ever. Uh, I've never said this publicly, so people are going to freak out. Exclusive. Uh, I think we did like 300 or 350 million impressions. Oh my goodness. In a single month. Like Those are TikTok numbers. Maybe like 180,000 followers, like new, net new followers. Whoa. Like it's, it's That's big. crazy. And now that's like the absolute craziest it's ever gotten. And like I was tweeting a lot, like, you know, like all, all these things uh, that were like kind of tailwinds for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like pretty big. If, if you're like... If you're playing your A game in an industry that's hot and Twitter's like not screwing around with a bunch of bots and stuff, which they are right now. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a platform that can go. Is the deal with Elon going to go through? I'm 50-50 mm-hmm. 
and the 50% uh, yes is like he wants to do it now. Well, maybe he doesn't want to do it. He's going to do it now. Uh, the 50% no is uh, I think there's like a little bit of an outlier chance that like the government blocks it. Interesting. Like they they claim that they're going to review it or there's like rumors that they're going to do a national security review. For what? I guess what, what's their fear? Well, if you're Elon Musk and you have SpaceX and Tesla, you're heavily dependent on government contracts and also like f- go to the extreme. Uh, Tesla is now producing cars in China. He's very dependent on selling cars in China. If China shows up and is like, hey, by the way, if you want to continue to produce your cars here, like this Twitter thing, let, let me, let's have a conversation about what we're going to do there. Uh-huh. Like, again, it's a stretch, but it's not a stretch, right? Like you can sort of understand both sides of it. Uh, and so like, man, what if the story was like all the nonsense, all the debate, all the stuff, whatever, and then like the government blocks it and he doesn't end up having to spend $44 billion for a company that's not worth $44 billion because the government blocked it? Yeah, that would be pretty nuts. <laughs> the mo- As he says all the time, like the most entertaining outcome is the most likely. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Biden saved Elon Musk $44 billion is not the headline that anyone is expecting. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know, there's a 50-50 shot of that happening. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Huh. Like, <laughs> yeah. all right, we'll end there. I appreciate you coming on. It's a good on. spot to end. Uh, Thank thanks you very so much. much. And uh, we'll continue to do this and definitely have to do it again in the future as, uh, as yeah. Grandma gets more famous. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll get her on here one day. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking to transition into a brand new job in the Bitcoin or crypto industry, we've got you covered. Head over to thecryptoacademy.io. My team and I have been working with the top HR teams in the industry to develop an intensive three-week training program with over 50 live events. We teach you exactly what you need to know to break into the industry, including live interview prep and resume review. Our students have been hired at over 75 of the world's best Bitcoin and crypto companies. Go to thecryptoacademy.io to learn more. Again, that's thecryptoacademy.io. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you share it with your friends, and I'll see you all for the next episode.